right, all right, all right. Welcome to Investment Banking Insights. This is the only show dedicated to helping you learn both the technical and non-technical aspects of the investment banking process. Hello, my name is Alex Mason, and I am your host. Thank you so much for joining me as we explore the nuances, the fundamentals, the idiosyncrasies, everything related to investment banking. And I am dedicated to uncovering these concepts and bringing them to you here. So thank you so much for joining me, spending your valuable time and attention to learn with me. Now we're going through some discounted cash flow questions and not just the basic discounted cash flow questions that frankly, you're probably more likely to see in an interview context. This is some of the more nuanced stuff, some of the things that will help you gain a little bit more deeper understanding into discounted cash flow. So we're going through these set of questions here. And today's question is this, how do you calculate per share value of a public company in a DCF? How do you calculate per share value of a public company in a DCF? Now, when we're talking about DCFs, you know, we're talking about the value of the company, right? But when you're talking about per share value of a public company, this is something a little bit different than what a DCF provides. So let's first think about what the output of a DCF model actually is. And we've covered this in the past, but the output of a DCF is our enterprise value. That's really what we're calculating. And we want to work our way toward the per share value of a publicly traded company, which means that we need to know the equity of the firm. So how do we get to equity value from enterprise value? It's kind of like a question disguised within a question. So when we think about this from the perspective of equity value and enterprise value, we can think about this equation that we keep coming back to, which is this equation for enterprise value. And you probably know this very well by heart by now, but just to repeat it, enterprise value equals your equity value plus your debt plus your non-preferred stock, plus your non-controlling interest, minus your cash. That's the equation for enterprise value. And of course, you can rearrange it in different ways. And there's little idiosyncrasies that we've covered in the past with regards to including even more uh, uh, variables into the enterprise value calculation. But fundamentally, that's what we're looking at. Now, knowing this equation, we can rearrange the formula to solve for the equity value. So just moving things around gives you a new equation, which is equity value equals enterprise value minus debt minus non-preferred stock minus non-controlling interest plus cash. So we're basically taking the enterprise value because now that's a known quantity because we solve for it in our DCF, right? So our DCF gives us the enterprise value and then we have all these other components within the formula as well. And so we can solve for equity value. So that's the simple answer. The simple answer here is to then take your equity value and divide it by the shares outstanding in order to get the per share value of the company. And then voila, you're done. <laughs> but here's the thing. Reality isn't quite so simple. Things can get a little bit messy when you're digging into these calculations and calculating them in a more accurate, nuanced way. And the way that I'm saying this is 
You can estimate shares outstanding, but the truth is that the number of shares that you use to divide your equity value by to get the per share uh, value, that number of shares depends on the dilution of various instruments. For example, options, or there could be warrants, or there could be convertible securities that are in the mix. And the dilution of these instruments depends on the share price itself. And you know this from some earlier episodes that we talked about. For example, whether or not a stock option is exercised, it depends on its share price, right? If a stock option is exercisable at $100, but the share price is only at $80, the holder of that option isn't going to exercise it because it's not in the money. But let's say that the share price goes up to $150. Well, now the stock option is in the money and we could assume that they're going to be exercised which in turn values the, um, basically puts the option back in play. And then we have to account for that in our equity value calculation. And it also affects the number of shares outstanding, right? Now that the option has been exercised. So you kind of get this circular reference kind of situation. So how do you get around this? Well, the way that you get around this is you do iterative calculations in Excel. You can basically input a variable with a set share price or a set number of shares outstanding. And then you can converge with these calculations over and over until you get to an approximate share price for the firm. So basically you have some kind of a guess that gets you a number of shares outstanding. You then recalculate your dilutive effects and then keep going from there. And that will get you a more accurate answer than if you were to just divide by some random guess and leave it at that in terms of shares outstanding. So equity value divided by shares outstanding. That you want to iterate on because those are influenced by your dilutive securities. So that's really, in my opinion, what makes this a little bit more of an advanced question is you really need to think about this and understand that all of these different components of equity value are connected together. And that's really, I think, the trick to it. Okay, so that's what I got for you today here on Investment Banking Insights. My name is Alex Mason, and I am your host. Thank you for rating the show. Thank you for the five stars. Thank you for sharing it with your friends and associates and colleagues. I truly appreciate it. And if there's any way I can be of any help to you, or you just want to say hi or share your story with me, connect with me on LinkedIn, or you can email me at investmentbankinginsights at gmail.com. I always love hearing from you. Thank you so much and have a wonderful, wonderful day.